Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Mulk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as actor, comic, writer, it's all good, open slather, cooking with Julie, hannahbath.com.au. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Hannah Bath. Hey! I feel like giving your URL in your Twitter bio gives away who it is I'm about to talk about. My, my URL in my Twitter bio? Yeah, or the fact that it's, because this is who you are and this is what you do. Oh, and yeah. And my website. <laughs> so look me up. That's right. Give surprise. me some of those sweet, sweet hits. Yeah, that's right. It's not like it would be, uh, does all these things, hannahbath.com.au. Now, here is Steen Raskopoulos. It's not going to be that. <laughs> no. Um, actually, this is the first time I've actually known your first name. Cause you're really? Because on Twitter, you're just, you know, you're varying degrees of Malk. So, you know, Malk is the new orange or orange Truth. is the new Malk or, you know, so um, you've just got this kind of uh, <laughs> this evolving <laughs> Twitter handle, which is brilliant because, I mean, I can't do that because um, the only other Hannah Bath on Twitter um, is a, a songstress in um, Lancashire or somewhere. Um, really? So once I give up Hannah Bath, that's it. She's taken. It's gone. I'll forever be a, a, a blonde singer. Well, you, you would keep your Hannah Bath um, uh, Twitter handle. It's just changing, like, your screen name, for example. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So when you edit your profile in Twitter, it's just changing the, not your app oh. bit, but changing the name bit. So I've where been holding going. on to at Hannah Bath for so long, just because yeah. I thought once it was, it was gone, it was gone. I'm learning so many new things from you. This is brilliant. Don't change the at bit. Just All change right. the bit. Just where it the says, just the profile bit. That's right. You could be screw right. you guys, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, blonde singers go to hell at Canberra. <laughs> it's probably probably won't do that, but you know I'll, I'll shelve that. Maybe next year. Who do sketch comedy for Foxtel at Hammerbar? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Hannah, mm. in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Um. I normally just say, hi, I'm Hannah Bath. Um, Mm -hmm. I normally use my last name as well as my first. And um, I I don't usually address that I'm, you know, an actor or anything um, because it gets really awkward really fast. So I generally just say, I'm Hannah Bath. And occasionally that I work in wine because my day job is, um, is in wine. Yes. So, and that's, I mean, we could talk about that all day. So that's all right. It's just acting it gets a little um, uh, awkward sometimes. I, I have many questions. Why, why does it get awkward mentioning that you're an actor? Oh, I don't know. I think, mate, I think I've got that. Um, I think a lot of people have it, but that, you know, in a sense that like just I'm a big fat fraud, just masquerading as <laughs> someone who's been on a couple of things. So, um, you know, sometimes I just go, look, the easiest thing to do is just say I work in wine and just to, uh, avoid the whole thing. Um, have you been in anything that I would have watched? Yeah, I get that a lot, actually. And so at the moment I'm on a Rams ad. So that's a good one. I say, oh, well, I'm, I'm currently selling home loans. Did you, nice. did you want one? Yeah. <laughs> Here's I can't help you. I can't help you. Um, but uh, the, the video is on YouTube, so, so uh, have at it. <laughs> if you would. <laughs> if you can afford to buy a home in Sydney, watch that ad. Oh, so all three of you that are listening, 
<laughs> Watch Hannah's ad. Yep, yep. It's, it's actually a pretty good ad because uh, it's got the it's, – it's me and my fictitious husband mm. um, and the, the woman's doing a lot of it. So, you know, in a lot of ads, you know, yes. the woman is the one who kind of carefully pats her, her blonde child's head or, oh, yes, dear. or, you know, cleans a bench. That's a big one. Mm. Or, um, you know, gets really excited about clean toilets. Oh. Yeah. So this one actually, the woman's doing like we're, we're jogging, we're running, we're buying houses and it's like the woman is a huge part of it. So I was like, oh, this is a great job to get. I was, is that I weird, was pumped. Is the weird puppet sheep in it? Um, yeah, but he's not a puppet anymore. So he's, he's um, digital yeah, sheep. What, what are they, you know, digital. Thank you. CGI. Um, CGI. Beautiful voice too. Um, and it, the CGI ran with a really fabulous voice, smoker's voice. Yes, pack a day has got that sheep where it needs so to those, be. Yeah, melodious tones. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get us my fags, will you love? Oh, that sheep come to life. Uh, it's a beautiful wine. Man. We need to talk about the important wine, things yeah. out, Hannah. Wine. Yeah. I am not obsessed, but I am quite the enjoyer of yeah. wine. I yeah, have me too. very little skill in understanding notes and and things and I just know what I like yeah great perfect well, that's all you need really I mean it depends what you like though if you like Aldi wine <laughs> um <laughs> I mean that's that I mean that's good too apparently they can make some some um all right wine but um I don't know like I don't believe in doing the whole and I'm actually I'm actually thinking about making a a bit of a comedy series about this about you know wine and uh etc because a lot of my life is talking about wine and, and you do sometimes you're speaking to someone who um, they just like, you know, $6 clean skins and you start telling them that the wine has, you know, essence of cigar box and stuff and they just, they'll just you lose them. You just lose them because yeah, yeah. um, it's, it's a ridiculous notion that, you know, wine can taste like cigar boxes. But, I mean, there is something in there when you, when you smell a good cigar box, you know. Yes. But I don't know. If you like what you like, just drink it and drink lots of it. That's what I say. Amen. It's, it can seem so esoteric, the descriptions of what a wine smells and tastes like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly reading it on a bottle or hearing somebody else talk about it. Uh, is your role, are you like a, a, a sommelier or are you I, I, a wine promo or what? what I just slog the stuff. Like? So I, you're I a salesperson? I sell it, yeah, yeah. So At airports, are you the person I need to punch? Uh, you need to punch? Because you've had you know, bad wine? Or... Well, no, no, just the people in airports, you know, the people that... Oh, those people. Oh, no, no, yes. no. Gosh, no. No, you don't have to punch me because I'm not there. But no, if I was I mean. there, you would, to... have, you would have a uh, fair licence to do that because who wants to buy yeah. wine when they're missing their flight, when they're running to, you know, gate 102? Oh, yes. And it wasn't a suggestion that, look, I... I, I... That whole part is horrible now because I just feel really bad. It wasn't to suggest violence towards you or anyone necessarily, just that, yes, the frustration that I feel when I'm going to my flight and they say, would you like a drink? And you're like, of course I want a drink. Yes, but I can't stop. (laughs) There's a reason I'm running. No, completely, completely. Like even I, I, like I was in the airport um, just the other day, you know, traveling and all. And, Mm. um, yeah, yeah, they were like, would you like to try some wine? And I just... It's just the wrong time. It's the wrong place. So yeah, yeah. what I do is I call people um, at their homes. Oh, great. At, which is, of course, the worst time in the worst place. And, uh, <laughs> and say I've got this fabulous box of Kunawara Cab Sav, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So 
Um, but, you know, I look after people who want to actually be on, be members of a, a particular wine club. So it's, it's, it's a whole different kind of kettle of fish. So I get to talk about wine for a job. Um, on the whole, they don't mind hearing from you. On the whole, they don't mind hearing from that. But yeah. And, you know, I use manners. I'm polite. <laughs> I don't, Good. yeah, I, yeah, I don't objection handle too much. You know how you're supposed to do objection handling, which is, sorry, they say, sorry, I've, I've got two cases in the cupboard. And then you're supposed to say, could you fit some more under your bed? And, mm. you know, sorry, my aunt just died. Do you want some wine for the funeral? You know, <laughs> you're supposed to come up with these <laughs> objection handlers. And I, I don't do that. At her feet. <laughs> yes. Bury her with some fabulous Marlborough Pinot Noir. Um, yeah, so I don't do that. So I'm, I'm just not a jerk about it, basically. That's, yeah. that's how I sleep at night, telling myself Good. things like that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite wine, Hannah? Oh, my favourite wine. I can't go past a Shiraz. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy a Shiraz. Um, and I really love a good Margaret River Cab Merlot. Nice. And even a, a straight Margaret River Cab Sav. They've just got some bloody brilliant wines coming out of um, yes. WA. So I just, you know, I've been on kind of a, a health kick for the last eight weeks and I haven't been drinking. It's been the longest <gasps> eight weeks of my life. Um, it's like, it's kind of like all meaning was extracted from my life, um, <laughs> just slowly and surely over a period of eight weeks. But um, while I couldn't drink, was I was just out. buying I was just mm. buying all the wine. Um, so I literally have a cupboard full and now I'm just going for it. So, Great. Yeah. <laughs> just because like, I couldn't drink it, so I just bought it instead. Like some of my life had to be around yeah. wine. Yeah. It was, kind of, it was kind of sad but at the same time exciting. I had some friends over for the second Origin match and uh, I said I'll, I'll get some wines. I haven't gone out and bought wine in ages because my wife doesn't drink. Uh, and I won't just open a bottle for myself. I like to share it. I, mm, I appreciate mm-hmm. the social value of, of wine and those sorts of things. Uh, so I've got some bottles that have been sitting up in a dusty portion of our kitchen for quite some time. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'll go out and get some new ones. And I went looking for some specific, you know, ones that I've had in the past that I've trusted. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they were all very nice. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, my favourite uh, Margaret River winery, Oh, now I can't remember the name of the winery, uh, but they made a cab sav called Suck Fizzle. Um, and, oh, Suck Fizzle? Is, That's brilliant. It is the best. Yeah? Like, so, now, admittedly, he and I had, had that bottle between us, and it's uh, it's 2005. Ooh, stop it. So it's, it was oh, 11 God. years old. Oh, stop. And it was outrageous. It's And I've got another nine hiding somewhere oh. else. That I'm now toying with oh. how long I let them sit for. Oh, that see, that's that's the frustrating thing about kind of this, like living in this kind of era, is that you know, mm. like I'm always moving. I buy IKEA furniture. I can't, yeah. I can't like store wine for fifty years the way that good wine, like really, really should be yeah. wine should be stored. So I, I just drink, you know, 2012, 13, 14, and yep. and think that that's good enough because I just can't, I just can't keep it, and then I can't afford to buy the kind of pre-aged stuff it's just this horrible kind of modern catch 22 and such a first world problem as well (laughs) boomers have ruined it for all of us yeah (laughs) yeah they've they've taken our jobs they've taken our super (laughs) taken our wine (laughs) i do love a good annie's lane shiraz that's always oh yeah yep yep apparently that's um just been voted the best i don't know um wine under 20 bucks or something like that really just i don't know something something good like it's good value basically 
I'd look, Dan Murphy's will tell me about it in the next five years when I go back again to buy something. Oh, they just keep spamming me. They just, they love me. Just emails. Just emails. Just like, Dan, Uncle Dan, stop trying to make me out to be an alcoholic. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. We know she haven't been in for 12 hours. Here's our latest deals. And I'm always like, well, I don't mind if I do. <laughs> it's a shocker. Is it is it difficult for you to balance your performing life and your selling life? Uh, yeah, yeah. My selling life <laughs> makes me sound like I'm selling something else. Um, I yeah, it really is. I think probably my greatest uh, regret is that I don't have a trust fund. I think everyone, every aspiring artist, should have a trust fund, just like yeah. a, a nice soft pillow of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't have one of those. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, so, I mean, things like open slather where, you know, I had a, a like a job for a year, basically almost a year, um, yes. acting, uh, what was it? Nine months, um, 10 months. It's a long time. Yeah, it was. And it's pretty much unheard of in, um, yeah. you know, in Australia to get kind of a, a job like that in an ensemble. So that was just whew, amazing. You know, not, just yeah. having like my job was to get up at five thirty in the morning and, and go and act like that was brilliant. So um, but now that I'm kind of doing more of the, you know, auditioning and um, acting jobs here and there, and, and then still trying to kind of get the keep the rent money coming in and stuff, it is, um, yeah, it's a lot more challenging. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I said, yeah, trust fund would have been nice, but you know, I don't blame my parents. Well, not until they're dead, anyway. Not until they're dead, and then I'm, I'm really just going to have at it. Yeah, God, those jerks. <laughs> oh my God. Anything. <laughs> They did give me a car, actually. They gave me, you know, made sure that I had a secondhand car because I grew up in the country and you've got to have a car. Yes. So, that I mean, that's pretty great. I mean, I don't think you can ask for more than that. What, what part of the country did you grow up in? Um, I grew up on a farm outside of Bathurst. Oh, lovely. So not too far out, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Are you a motorhead? Oh, God, no, no. So, yeah, Mount Panorama. <laughs> I think I've driven around it once um, on the off season and then nice. you just stay away. Just stay yeah, away. Just don't be there. Yeah, there's a like, week, you know, I don't know when it is. Is it October? I don't even know anymore. But where you just kind of pencil in your calendar, don't go into town. Just stay away. For those that don't know what Mount Panorama is, it's a place. It's a physical mountain very close to Bathurst. But the event that happens there, how would you best describe it as a local? It's Hannah? like I would probably say it's like, a festival for bogans. <laughs> is that rude? You can edit that out if that's rude. But I, you just go, like, it's like all the mullets from, you know, a thousand k's around. They just come to Mount Panorama and they bring all the tinnies and they oh. just kind of set up shop and have a really great time. And, you know, it is good for the Bathurst economy. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're try- I think Bathurst is trying to brand itself on kind of local economy and education and university. So I think it could be taken away from that. But it's yeah, it's I guess it's good for the, the the rest of the economy. I just feel a bit mean now, bagging out my hometown. Yeah. Shocking. Well, they're, they're, lots of people look back at, at parts of where they grew up and go, well, that wasn't the best thing. Admittedly, the the whole Mount Panorama Bathurst One Thousand thing continues year on year. It is almost motorsport mecca. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And the whole town just gives over to it. Yep. Um, it's a yep. phenomenal. I think sport. Airbnb um, probably oh. just. Would make a killing. Yeah, yeah. It's probably just making most of its money just from Bathurst alone during that one week. 
Yeah, um, wow. Or maybe two weeks. I think they, now they've got two. I don't know. I, I've been away for a very long time, about 10 years. So it's pro- probably safe. I, I, I'm happier here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what uh, you mentioned in your bio that you're a number of different things. Mm. Which would you prefer was the thing that uh, was on your business card, should you have one? Uh, so if I had to choose one? Yes, if you had to. Well, generally I, I kind of blend the, the actor and the comic together. So I kind of go, mm-hmm. I'm a comic actor. I'm a comedy actor. Because that's, yes. that's kind of what I, I do most of. And it's, I think it's where I, I feel safest. Um, yes. Because in, in, I think comedy, for me, gives me this just fabulous sense of safety and kind of freedom where I can go places that if I was acting drama... Um, mm-hmm. I, I might not, you know, um, feel as, as kind of that the permission was there for me. So I sure. generally, when people go, oh, my God, what, you know, what are you? Are you a, you know, and they kind of, a Julianne Moore or blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, hell no. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's really funny because I did find that um, during, like in, in a lot of my, in a lot of my roles, I have played kind of the tragedy, the tragedy comedy heroine. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, a lot of the time I'm the widow, I'm the jilted, you know, fiance at the altar. I'm, I'm this, I'm that because um, I, I do tragedy really well within a comedy setting. So it's a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit of world within a world. It's kind of like, yeah, acting yeah. inception. But um, just because comedy gives me that safety. So generally, um, even though I can do drama, I generally describe myself as a comedy actor. So I probably just put that on my business card and just make it into kind of maybe one word. What's your ideal role or, or, or you know, given that Open Slather, for example, was, as we talked about, unprecedented in the nature. It was nearly a full year's work mm, mm. for a whole bunch of writers and comedians and mm, those sorts yeah. of things. Um, would you would you want a sketch show opportunity? Would you look for a sitcom, given that they seem to be slowly coming back into vogue in Australia, or some other kind of sketchish something, comedy something? I really, I mean, I really enjoy sketch um, because you you do have that. You can just jump in. Um, mm. You 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 kind of get that joke and you jump out again like and it's very much about making sure that you're nailing nailing the the moments to because you don't, just don't have time in sketch comedy yeah. to kind of uh faff around really but no massive setups yeah yeah here it is. yeah it's all about it's so important that you've got the right look that you've got the right kind of the tone and the costume because yeah. everything is telling a story um yes. and i mean that's that's tv and that's film but sketch is kind of um it's really kind of yeah um you get the microscope out a bit more, um, but I really, I do really, really enjoy narrative, um, narrative comedy. So we did this little um, series um, in Open Slather where we were doing a parody of Princess Mary, yes. and it was in more of a, um, a, a narrative kind of a form, and yep. with lots of handheld and lots of kind of tracking shots and lots mm. of this and that, and quite fast moving, and it, it was kind of modelled on Veep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I think that and that just suited me down to the ground. I just had such a, a ball. Um, and so, yeah, doing something like Veep or, and in that kind of style, um, just um, that would just be, yeah, brilliant. So it's, that's kind of the stuff that I, I like to do. Yes. And congratulations, by the way. The stuff that I saw you do as a part of Open Slather was very good. Thank you. And I, the difficulty for mine, and, and please, you can deal with this criticism. To take it as a great I, I cry a lot at night. It's fine. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> A tale of two different shows wedged together. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, 
that's quite... I think that's a, a reasonable thing to say about um, about it because uh, we did have two very different uh, kind of cast in that we had the alumni, mm. so they were, you know, the, the brilliant um, legends of Australian comedy, Magda Subansky, Glenn Robbins, et cetera. And then we had yeah, the... I'll, I'll decode, you mean all yeah, the old people. The, well, no, the, the people who... <laughs> they've, they, they've, uh, they've had good careers and then you have the people who haven't had any careers um, in, the, in the younger folks. So I think... Um, and, they, and we didn't... Where again does Stephen Curry fit into that? Um, he, was, he was like the, the jovial young uncle, I think. Stupid, please continue. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we and so there were very different voices on the show, and um, mm. and I think I think um, that was uh, I mean I think that was definitely a challenge, and and maybe one that I would say definitely one that didn't kind of get resolved. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I think you, yeah, because I think I think a lot of us as well like. Comedy's changed so much in the last, mm. as you know, in the last 20 years, even the last 10 years, um, just things are so different. And I think it's yes. with the internet and which, kind of, you know, new kinds of comedy spreading in, in various ways and kind of streaming services and stuff, like you've got, got to really be on the kind of the front foot. And um, I think um, some of the sketches that we, that we did do weren't always on the front foot. Look, the important thing is that we can recognise it was no Ben Elton's life from Planet Earth. <laughs> oh, Ben Elton. <laughs> that was uh, look. I, I have some connections with with people throughout the industry, and and to talk to some of them that were involved in that. Some have some great memories. Yeah, uh, they they are few and far between. Um, they certainly appreciated the income. Yeah, but the, the, the working situation wasn't so great for the people that I know that worked on on Open Slather. Um, like yourself, they found it to be uh, like a great fun challenge, certainly a huge creative challenge because mm. the, the Hungry Beast feeding the, you know, the weekly sketch show scenario. Um, but what a great bunch of talented people you got to work with. Some of the, you know, excellent, I'll call them young, air quotes. Maybe people don't necessarily know them. That's why they're young. But some great young writers and oh, comedians yeah. who are writing and some performers like I just think of Emily Tahini, mm. Demi Lardner, yourself, yeah. absolutely killed. Thank you. Yeah, the I mean, to, yeah, to work with a cast um, like that. I mean, even you know the young ones and the older ones. Um, it was just mm. like it was just incredible. And I, you know, for the first what seven months, I was alternating between pinching myself and wondering when I was going to get fired. Like literally, <laughs> literally. There's no joke. I'm like, maybe today they realise that I'm no good. Um, <laughs> which is just, you know, that's, I think that just says a lot about my, you know, like kind of how out of, out of my comfort zone I was absolutely out of my comfort zone and Melbourne's bloody freezing. I mean, yes. Oh God, that was, yes. that was an experience. Anyway, that's, that's not the point. So, and yeah, the, <laughs> and some really fabulous, fabulous people in the, in the writer's room, room as well. Mm. So that, um, we had the opportunity to, to work with and, um, yeah, so, Oh God, it, you know, and I think, from having that experience on on Open Slather and kind of seeing what how much goes into what you see on the screen, like and going, oh my goodness, and just the the length and the and the width of um, the effort and the collaboration and the meetings and the the script pitches and the scripts that have been rewritten five times and then still didn't kind of make it in, and you know you kind of go up and down as a result of that, and like I just have. I felt like I really grew 
as a performer, but also just seeing what goes on and just makes my respect for people who like make telly just mm. really go up there because it's not, it's not easy at all. <laughs> when you're just sitting in your lounge room and you've got a glass of, of whiskey and, and, you're, and you're, you're watching and you're liking or you're hating, you just don't see what, what has gone on behind. Um, and that was mm. that, yeah, helped me realize if that makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. Mm. Um, what can't you tolerate, Hannah? What can't I tolerate? Yes. Oh gosh, that's um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, I think. Ah. Uh, well, oh god. I mean, I can't tolerate a lot of things. I can't tell. Um, I guess people who. I, I just I hope one day I'm never going to be bitter and jaded and mm. and still a comedian. You know those people who take who use comedy as a way of just being horrible to people. Oh yes, like they're just this bitter. Very, they're jaded. Yep. They very famous Australian comedian doing that right now almost permanently. Um yeah, I <laughs> I don't want to mention names, but. There are a lot of a lot of allegedly allegedly yes there are just a lot of really bitter and jaded comedians who use their 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 humor and their comic timing as weapons and I that scares oh, me yes. like it actually it actually I find that quite frightening um, so that's basically just I've just got you know things I don't want to end up as and like that that's that's yep. basically things I'm that's what I struggle with mm. you work in an industry that is at best vacuous. Uh, in the, the you know the, the acting TV stuff, um, how do you how do you center yourself and find uh, you know process those moments where you go you know what I'm Hannah and I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on what you're doing and who you're working with, because um, there's part of it that's vacuous. I mean, the the Instagram and the Twitter and the the Facebook likes and all of that kind of stuff. That's I've, I've kind of struggle with that side of it because it's it's more and more um, it's an influence in how you cast, sure. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's actually not a reflection of who you are and how you, who you are to work with what you like, what you don't like, really? your talent or anything. So uh, while I, you know, so many of the people that I've worked with aren't vacuous at all and, you know, they have great depth and great kind of um, acting and comedy chops and they're just brilliant people, there is this kind mm -hmm. of other kind of alternate universe that kind of floats around <laughs> on the internet where um, it just, it's, a, it's not a fair representation of, of, of who I am or who other people are. So I think... Um, coming off open slather and, and, you know, reading a lot of the comments where people hated it or they loved it. And sometimes, you know, you'd have people arguing over it and mm. you'd have, you know, some of us kind of got um, tweeted directly at and, you know, bullied online and stuff like that. I think um, uh, coming off it, I'm just like, none of it matters. Like <laughs> it really, it doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. Yeah. The sad thing is it, it does matter in terms of, of casting, um, in terms of producers seeing just because they're so, the, the eyeballs in terms of getting eyeballs on your TV content are just so scattered now. Having a high Twitter following, for example, does count. Um, That's crazy. It's, that is crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, it, I mean, to answer your question, um, it is sometimes it is a temptation to kind of go, oh, my goodness, you know, 
I'm never going to make it because I only have 700 Twitter followers. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, So I guess just not buying into that and surrounding myself with good people and making sure that, you know, I'm as as good a person as I can be, which varies from day to day, you know. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I think think that's how I'd answer that. (laughs) There is also the opportunity to buy into it in that you could uh, add a few hundred followers every day with a very, very small investment uh, in an Indonesian follower farm or Do they work? Like Do they work? I, well, I wouldn't say that they work, but you certainly can buy... I won't, they're not legitimate. They're obviously... No, they're just... Account. Yeah. But you can buy followers, followers, no question. Yeah. If the only metric... Because let's be fair, casting agents <laughs> and PR people barely can read. Oh, oh, um, oh dear. <laughs> What? That's not you saying. Don't that. get me on a blacklist here, Mark. Don't get me on a blacklist. <laughs> Dig up, stupid. Um, <laughs> they can listen, if not read. Yeah, but if the only metric they're looking at is, oh look, Hannah's got thirteen thousand followers, she'd be great in our comedic <laughs> thing that we're casting for. Like really? Yeah, that's just, it. It really shows, I think, the state of the industry. And I think um, who was it that spoke out about that? recently was it judy dench or maggie smith or just helen mirren like one of those grand dames of english theater recently came out and said something like that going what is this like when did suddenly people start being cast on twitter followers and social media presence rather than on talent um and i think that's when you know funding dried up and stuff like Mm -hmm. they used to have repertory and they'd go around you know building up their experience and kind of um, yep. networks by performing Shakespeare all over England. And, you know, it's it's just a different world. Oh, in, anyway, in, in Australia it is. Yes. Yeah. So funding. We need more funding. Please. <laughs> Arts funding, people. Arts funding. Support your local oh, starving God. artists. Yeah. Just to get some, some more. Because the more, the more yeah, obviously, productions that are, are made in Australia, the more actors get work and yep. the more, the more you know, ADs get work and... Coordinators and soundies and, yeah. Yes. And, and, look, we do, pound for pound, I think, in Australia, we deliver some incredibly high-quality content well beyond the the years of experience or the, the number of people we have to choose from. We do some great work. Well, we, you and I have just been, is fangirling the right the right way to, to say it, um, over yes. Secret City? Um, yes. Just what a bloody brilliant show. Oh, and uh, Kettering Instant coming out soon. Um, yes. Just, well, just time, incredible. At time of recording, the final Secret City episode is coming very shortly, and as is the start of Kettering. So that by the time this episode's out, Secret City will have finished and uh, Kettering will have started. And both of those are cracker-lacking series. They are tucked away on Foxtel. You do need to pay to see them. Worth it. Totally worth it. You know, I haven't, I can't remember the last time that I've kind of finished an episode and gone and then thought throughout the week until the next episode, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Like, and I'm getting that out of Secret City, which is just fantastic. Yeah, for mine, not since um, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul have I pondered. uh, (laughs) Because you could very easily sit down, and when Secret City does come out in in a fashion that maybe it's on Presto or something, you can sit down and binge those six hours really simply. Not a problem. Don't. There is so many great layers written into that. And the same with Kettering. Yeah. Uh, I've been lucky to see ahead on that. It's really, really good. But that's um, just me. 
No, I, I, I agree with you. I think because um, my boyfriend and I were watching Orange is the New Black. They still are. Um, mm-hmm. We're not quite finished. Um, Good. And so no spoilers, please. And no. <laughs> so not, I think, uh, I, think I, I binge watched season two or three. And yep. I can't remember a bloody thing that happened. Like, ask me now. I've got no idea. Um, and that's they were also tough seasons, though. Yeah, that well, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but because I watched them so fast, it's kind mm. of just gone. But we're kind of spreading out Orange Is the New Black a little bit more, and just getting so much more out of it, just because it's got some time to kind of marinate in there. Yep. Um, so I, I, I think that's really interesting. Just you know, the difference in in personally in my enjoyment factor, binging versus drip feeding, uh, even though drip yeah. feeding is decidedly out of fashion. So, interesting. Yeah, well, in, in my limited, uh, you know, opinion, I'm going to say that Orange is the New Black season four, the best season of that show yet. It's so good. Oh. It's so good. What episode are you up to in season four? Um, I, we've got four, four um, episodes left to go. Oh, sister. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I'm, and I'm seeing things pop up now on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm, I'm one of those people now that's like, no spoilers, just so reactive, yep. just shutting, shutting Facebook down, and you know. It will be very hard for you and your your boyfriend to not go. Yes, let's watch the next episode. Yeah, right. Like once you watch, like they will just, oh, um, yeah. It that will be a discipline for you, I promise. But worth it when you get to the end of that final ep of this season. It's cracking. Good, good, good. Oh, can't wait. Yeah, just such a brilliant, brilliant show, and so many amazing female yes. characters, and amazing. Just the writing is just so brilliant, and yeah, just wow. Why? Why does it take a female prison drama when we look at Orange and New Black or Wentworth to have a show where that vast majority of roles are female? Uh, why, so why does it take, um, like a prison drama to kind of make a majority female show? Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, there are offices where, you know, women make the majority of the people in that office or other, there's other businesses and industries and places and things. Um, we only ever seem to see chunky meaty roles for ladies. (laughs) When they're crims. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think, yeah, uh, I guess prison drama is the the easy doorway into getting a believable kind of situation happening where you can fill it full of really interesting characters and not rely on stereotypes. And I think it gives producers and people with the money, people with the money and who who don't have a lot of, you know, risk, um, Mm. a lot of element of risk, um, just the ability to go, yeah, let's do it. Um, But you're right. Like some of these characters, they're they're just, they're, they're people. They're living on screen in a way that a lot of female uh, roles and characters yeah. aren't. Um, so it's, I mean, it's brilliant that we're seeing this and it's brilliant that it's opening a door. Um, but yeah, you're right. It would be nice to see these fabulous characters um, in, in other, yeah, workplaces, not just prisons. Yeah. yeah. Not, not just in a place where they have to be angry or upset. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 No, that's a, that's a yeah, very uh, apt observation. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? What was that? What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, what am I going to achieve in the next 12 months? I think, um, well, I'm hoping to move over to the States soon. Um, so nice. in, uh, hopefully in the next 12 months. Um, mm-hmm. 
for you know for the acting thing just because there aren't a lot of a lot of roles over here um and also it it kind of matters who you know over here and which drama school you went to and and kind of all that stuff and you know I'm a bit of a dark horse I you know came from regional Australia I kind of done you know made a web series of kind of you know done a little bit but I you know I think there's probably a bigger sky over in the states um, Plus, people over there want to buy wine. Yeah, also a lot of drinkers in the states. So, I mean, how could this not succeed? Um, yeah, so probably going over there and, and hopefully kind of um, getting some connections and you know settling down and making some stuff. But um, I, I, I want to make some more of my own stuff. So I've made you know my web series and um, yes. that's got going really well um, on the. Um, festival circuit and I'm in talks with an airline to put it on and their in-flight entertainment and et cetera. Right. Yeah, so kind of just going, all right, well, this this is good. Let's do something else. Um, something, because, you know, as a comic in Australia, you kind of do have to make your own stuff um, and your own content. And also it's a, it's a really great opportunity for me to kind of continue finding my own comedic voice and, um, yeah, growing as a comic. Um, and, uh, yeah, just doing more stand-up and kind of just auditioning and, you know, hoping for the best because I, I think I really have learned that, open, that, like, the kind of open slather job, that really does come around, you know, once or twice in a lifetime that in Australia. Um, yeah. So hoping for another meaty role somewhere else along the line in the next 12 months. Are you going to invest yourself in, in a pilot season? season? Uh, pilot season over in America. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, because uh, yeah, you you really got to. I think they're kind it's of brutal, yeah. yeah, and they're kind of dying. I, from what I hear is that pilot season is kind of more, you know, through the spread of technology and it was technology and everything, it's kind of more all year round now. Um, mm. So the traditional pilot season is kind of sp- spread out a bit. Um, so I'd, I'd prefer rather than spend my dollars on going over for you know three months and just hoping for the best, actually moving over there and, you know, finding a community and, and networking and doing impro and, you know, making my own stuff and kind of slowly building up from there. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know, is in and of itself much more, has a greater chance of longevity. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, because, I mean, you can go over and just, yeah, just spend all your energy and, and your time um, for, for a very short amount, but... Um, you've got to have, you know, the visa and you've got to, you know, you've got to really invest yourself, I think, in anything to yeah. um, to get return out of it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing you on an episode of um, uh, Two Broke Girls. Oh, God, no. 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 Oh, <laughs> please. I hate that. Oh, me too. So I hope that you're not prophetic or anything because that, look, I'll take it. If someone said, hey, Hannah, oh, we've got a guesty yeah. role for you on Two Broke Girls, I'll be like, all right, that would be lovely. Thank you. But um, look, if it could be on Veep or um, yes. one of those fab new Netflix. Oh, to, mm. What about Togetherness? Oh, my goodness. Did yep. you watch that? Yep. And it's ble- been cancelled. Such a, such a shame. But, yeah. you know, something like Togetherness. Oh, sign me up. Sign me bloody up. Yeah, oh, Silicon Valley. Is yeah. Good yep, yep, yep. Start, but Silicon died. Valley. Um, yep. There's a ton of great stuff going around. And, and you're right, with shorter seasons, particularly first seasons, mm. 
pilot season still does exist a bit, particularly for your NBCs, ABCs, those people. Uh, but it's it's starting to stretch. People are going, you know what? And it's the creators that are railing against it. Mm. I don't need to do this for you now. I'm going to do this, and because you've got the, the the traditional network outlets are starting to just pull stuff into their summer schedule that isn't just crap. Mm. Um, mm. Or they're that you know some of the the basic cable channels are reinventing themselves, um, where, where we're seeing things like Unreal appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, um, uh, Mr. Robot. Or yeah, yeah. Just and I think yeah, that's yeah. So many, like just TV is not linear anymore. It's not, it's not yeah. that traditional format. People want shows when they want them, um, you know, <laughs> all the time, <laughs> which I think is is great. Um, in many ways for the industry. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Hannah, mm. thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. This has been lots of fun. Wonderful to chat with you. <laughs> uh, obviously you are a tweeting person. Can you tell me, are there other social accounts you would want people to know about? Yeah. Um, I do have, I've got the Twitter. Um, I've mm. got the Instagram I think my handle is Hello Hannah Bark. Um, mm-hmm. I've got the Facebook page. Um, so I don't know. I kind of I've got a love hate relationship with all kinds of social media, and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just go on a massive tweeting spree, and then sometimes I, you know, won't update it for you know a couple of days or whatever. But um, those are yeah, those are my my social media outlets. This has been humans of Twitter. And I can confirm that at Hannah Bath is indeed human. <laughs> That's great. Phew. That's also related. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> Take that, ex-boyfriend. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs>